Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by Sirius XM Canada. Sirius XM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. As always, I'm your host, Peter Bulmer. Today, I'm going to be joined by Rick of AI, a company focusing on adaptive LiDAR for a special two-part episode. To get the full story, join us next week for the conclusion, and we hope you enjoy part one today. Hello, and thanks for tuning into another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. And today, I'm joined by Rick Toole, COO of AI. Rick, thanks for coming on. Great. Thank you, Peter. I guess to get started off, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background professionally, how you got into the industry, and tell us a little bit about AI, what you guys are doing. Yeah, so my background is a bit varied, but it is primarily a semiconductor type of background. I I began working in automotive semiconductors uh, quite a few years ago, primarily focused on semiconductors that drove graphics, drove displays. And so because of that, GPUs were involved. And as the GPU industry matured, it became very clear that the GPUs could be used for a lot more than pushing pixels to a screen and drawing pretty pictures. Folks began to realize that these were really very powerful compute engines that could do very powerful parallelization of compute tasks. And so this whole idea of GPU for compute really started becoming vogue. Um, NVIDIA was pushing it, uh, everybody developing uh, GPU technology or licensing it, ARM, uh, other companies like Vivante, which became Verisilicon. All of these companies were really focused on adding compute technologies to the pipeline. And the reason for that was because there were all of these things like image recognition that would be useful in the GPU. So being able to use the GPU to do object recognition from the other side of the house, which was the pipeline for camera and image information, to be able to look at those images and recognize objects became sort of a big thing. Being an automotive, one of the primary reasons for doing that was identifying objects and then acting on that. So for example, things like pedestrians, other cars, obviously, animals, uh, all of these things. So I was really involved with that process of helping the compute engines uh, really become realized in the uh, semiconductor process to do these things. That was really how I, I started tiptoeing into uh, autonomous vehicles and things like that. And so that's really the genesis. And it started from a, from a pretty rich graphics background where I was working on infotainment platforms for vehicles and screens and cars. Uh, and then it very rapidly moved to the camera pipeline, then um, to uh, using the GPU for compute for object recognition and things like that. And that just leads us straight to LiDAR, where cameras are good in certain senses, in terms of being able to see things that you would want to avoid uh, hitting, but figuring out how far away they are and all of the problems that you have with cameras in terms of they don't bring their own light to the party, right? So you're limited by what is illuminated by natural light or by the headlamps or the the street lights or the sun or anything like that. 
And LIDAR doesn't have this issue. LIDAR is deterministic. It brings its own light to the party. We transmit infrared light beams that are then reflected off the object that comes back that we then detect, which tells us precisely how far away they are. We can do this with extremely high resolution. So this is why LIDAR rapidly became the master sensor for autonomous vehicles, because it was superior to cameras in terms of being able to inform the compute engines that something is there and exactly how far away it is and what is there. So this idea of being able to scan the world using infrared light in the form of lasers is really the way that the master sensor for being able to figure out how to do autonomy. And that is why we've seen this huge proliferation of LIDAR technology. But the AI LIDAR is quite different. You know, this idea of having a single LIDAR for all applications, for all weather conditions, for all driving conditions, for uh, whether it's rural, whether it's country, whether it's highway, is is Pollyanna. And you know, you really need to have an, a LIDAR that can adapt, that the LIDAR can change as the driving conditions change. And that is what makes the AI LIDAR quite unique. That is a unique feature that nobody else in the industry has and what really differentiates us from our competition. That and the fact that we can see very far, that the design is automotive grade. There, there's a list of other things, but that is our real primary value. And you mentioned GPU a few times there. I just wanted to make sure our audience is aware that's a graphics processing unit, correct? That is correct. Yeah, no, we're, we're not all as proficient technically as yourself. <laughs> so, just from my own knowledge, I'm just dumb. Well, and, and it's, not, it's not entirely dissimilar to the GPUs that you would have in your computer for video games. I mean, it's the same technology, right? And it is that compute technology that NVIDIA has been evolving to actually drive the compute engines that are inside autonomous vehicles. So the very thing that you would plug into your, your computer to play these you know, really advanced video games is the same type of compute platforms that you would find in, uh, in autonomous vehicles. Yeah, now my, my next question is kind of in two parts. So what, what are the major impacts you see in the advancement of LiDAR, both on transport in general? So, I mean, that, that doesn't have to be just a personal passenger car, but it could also be public transport, could be shipping related. But also, as these vehicles age, how does it relate to vehicle repair down the lines? So speak to our audience a little bit, because, I mean, these are essentially becoming computers on wheels, more than cars, as you might think about them in a classical sense. Yeah, I think that the impact on the advancement of LiDAR you know, in, in these spaces is fairly straightforward, right? The idea is by leveraging a technology like LiDAR, specifically the, the AI LiDAR with its adaptability, you're going to reduce accidents. You're going to prevent things that are just highly preventable, right? So, you know, the first rule of, a, of an autonomous thing is don't hit something, right? So the ability to be able to have these advanced LIDARs like the AI LIDAR be able to very precisely identify objects and, and distances and speeds and things like that, you're going to see this significant reduction in the number of accidents. But this is a good thing because some of these accidents can actually end up being involving people, right? It's not just the collateral damage of objects, right? It is people. So, so you're going to see uh, human safety is involved, the lower the cost of repair, because you're not going to have as many accidents because most of these accidents are, are highly avoidable uh, when you have LIDAR there. And so I, I believe that it's a step function. What we're going to see is the ability of 
things like forklifts, things like cranes, things like heavy equipment, trucks, passenger vehicles are not going to hit objects at the rate that they do today. We're going to see a significant decrease in the number of collisions because of LIDAR. But it's a step function, right? So first, the human who's controlling the machine won't be able to make that type of an accident. If they're driving a forklift or they're backing up and something's going to happen, the LIDAR sensor will inform the compute platform to prevent the driver from making that mistake. And then the next step would be where the driver is making suggestions to this autonomous vehicle, semi-autonomous vehicle, in order to do things. And then the final step is going to be full autonomy. So it's sort of a step function. But the first one is that you've got a sensor that protects the operator from making a potentially catastrophic mistake. Uh, and then the next step function is that the operator will then be able to rely on that technology in a lot of different cases, which is maybe uh, only certain border cases will the operator have to get involved. And then, of course, the next step function is full autonomy. That's the way that we see it. And that's what's happening through this 2022 to 2025 time window, where we really see the proliferation of AI LiDAR technology rolling out into these environments and really making a difference. Yeah. Now, kind of keeping on the repair side of things, one of the things we talk about quite a bit is the increasing difficulty of repairs as technology becomes more and more advanced. I mean, LiDAR, we'll take as an example, is going to be beyond the scope or capability, I think, of a lot of existing repair shops. How can repair shops get ready? I don't say revolution, but well, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think that there are several models in the electric car space that really start highlighting how this transition will take place. I think that what you're going to see is that the, the LIDAR is just not a field replaceable unit. There may be some parts that can be repaired. For example, the glass window or the polycarbonate window gets chipped uh, on the LIDAR and you can replace that. It could be done at a dealership. And maybe there are certain boards that can be replaced in the unit. But by and large, as we get to these really advanced technology platforms, what you're going to see is you're going to see sort of a box uh, replacement. And I think that these repair houses are going to have to become much more sophisticated in terms of diagnostics, right? Because if you've got a LIDAR unit that is a, a higher cost item or, a, or an ECU that is in the $4,000, $5,000 range, which, which it is in some of these electric cars, you want to make sure that they need to be replaced as opposed to maybe, maybe they need a firmware update. Maybe they need some sort of an adjustment that could be made you know, mechanically, whatever that may be. Uh, but the point is, is that I think that diagnostics and proper diagnostic of what is happening in the vehicle and not accidentally replacing a very expensive component uh, like some of these compute platforms is going to become paramount. So again, I think that diagnostics, advanced diagnostics, and then of course the ability to, to replace the ECUs and the sensors as needed are going to really be where these, uh, these houses shine. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor.